You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, the show is Mackie and Judd. Let's see if I can get my microphone working correctly here. All right, uh, the lineup right now, Matthew Collar remains with us uh, for the time being because, quite frankly, it's raining too hard for him to leave. Chris Long, Channel 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. Um, Somehow managed to get here through the yeah, 40 you, days and 40 nights. But you chose the wrong shoes, which is a tactical mistake. Why didn't you leave home with a better choice of footwear? Because when I left home, it wasn't raining all that hard, and I looked at the radar, and it didn't look like it was going to be that bad, and I had to drop the kids off and run a couple errands, and then right when I parked here at the fair is when it all went to heck. So it, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll live. It doesn't give me a lot of faith when, when I phone our engineer, Paul black during a break and i say you know can we move inside here this lightning seems to be close and it's raining sideways and hard and paulie comes and surveys the situation checks the equipment to make sure it's dry so that's fine and then says quite frankly boys the lightning don't matter if you're inside or out that doesn't make me feel better that no, doesn't give me really. that doesn't in, that doesn't invoke a sense of confidence in me getting through this show. I really don't want to die before one o'clock because I thought I was having fun talking about sports. I'm one who respects the weather, but we're standing next to the Channel Five Pavilion, which has a hundred foot metal pole that's grounded. If anything's going to hit, get hit by or the grandstand, forty yards the other way, which is all right, five stories high. You're okay. You're all so right. all those people that go are like up in the grandstand that we're looking at. Maybe that's, they probably shouldn't be. Well, that's, is that a wise choice? Nobody's up top. I wouldn't be okay. up top, especially with a metal grandstand, okay. which I believe it is. But they're protected protected um, by the concrete. So and I wouldn't be hanging out next to the Channel Five pole. Those so, are the two things I wouldn't be sticking so, around by. Chris, me. I'm glad you're here because well, thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. So I am so inept when it comes to like gambling things. Oh, that so I, am I. Unfortunately, that I bet. No, no, no. Like you're you're bad at it, like everyone else. But I'm knowledgeable. But about you the are process. knowledgeable, right? And I know nothing. So someone gave gave me a double or nothing bet not too long ago, and I was like, Chris, what's double or nothing exactly? Yeah, I remember. This. Like I, I needed an explanation because I literally had never bet anyone with double or nothing, and I do so little of gambling or betting or whatever mm-hmm. because I'm an odds person, and I know that everything is set up for you to lose. Now, that off the table, preseason football gambling. Explain. Tell me. I, I can't. Tell me why people do it. Because they're degenerates. Tell me what the best thing you could possibly bet on for preseason is. I mean, if you're betting a lot of money, here. Let me. Uh, this is always my disclaimer. I am not a huge gambler. I'm just fascinated by lines and the process in the gambling. I'm not saying I don't, but I'm not a. You know, I'm not running to the window every time I. I you know, think I have some sort of tip. Anyway, uh, here are the only reasons I can think of to, to bet on preseason football. If you are going to be stuck at home and you know you're going to have the game on and you want to have a reason to care, mm-hmm. uh, even then I don't know that I would take a team. I think I would probably bet the over or the under yep. okay. and start rooting for points or defenses. Right. Uh, unless you think you have – now the Sharps will say, God Todd Furman will say there are always angles. If someone hears a rumor like Aaron Rodgers told the coaches he wants to play the whole game, yeah, I heard that, and I believe it. Well, then you've got the Packers because he's going to be playing against a third-team defense 
and yeah. they're going to win. So unless you've got some big angle, it's sport. It's gambling is yeah. sport, and that's a stupid way to gamble. Now, if you're it's raining, you're going to be home tonight. Uh, Vikings fans will watch the Viking game. But let's say there was an NFL Network game on tomorrow night. Yep. I'm going to be home. There's nothing on TV. You know, wife's going to be out. I, I, you know, I've seen everything you see on Netflix. But, I'm going to watch Jets, Dolphins preseason. But at that point, shouldn't you just go get drunk or something instead? You can do both. Like regular season, I do get. Now, I, I quit gambling because I was so bad at it, so we, I don't do it now. And that's a problem. Inside sports, we think we should know. Oh, no. We're the last people that no, should No, because we try and reason about how much we know. Right. But preseason football seems to me where I would draw the line and say, I'm going to do something else destructive for myself. Because this is just stupid. And I think I would say preseason football would be it. Yeah. and I don't think I've ever bet a like, preseason football game. I, there is a line on the Pro Bowl every year. Oh, I know there is. I mean, And I'm sure there's people that bet it and, every year. And that's a perfect one for the I'm probably going to watch it because football's a drug and I can't say no to it. I need a reason to actually care and justify watching this. So I'm going to bet, you know, now whatever your normal stake, the preseason game. Let's say you are a $100 better. Okay. That's what you would bet on a baseball game or a hockey game or whatever. Sure. Preseason, I would not go above half that. Whatever your standard bet is, I would not go, you know, you can't be doing your full stake. And you certainly can't do more stake. What's the most degenerate thing that Chris Long would gamble on sports-wise? Oh, I have a pool every year that I'm right in the thick of right now where myself and my buddy and his kids, uh, we draft uh, Little League World Series teams. Oh, wow. I have uh, Peachtree, Georgia in the pool <laughs> this year, and uh, big win the other night. They oh, held yeah. off. I Go Peachtrees. I believe it was Michigan, So wow. every, and we've been doing it for about now, where this was born. He and I were living at home the summer after college. Yep. He was at his home. I was at mine. Yep. We were bored. We had nothing to do. Most of our friends had jobs. We were looking for work. Uh, it started every day we would wake up in the morning, we'd call each other, and we would bet one point on every Major League Baseball game among each other. For the day. Yep. So we'd have a reason to just sit and watch baseball all day. <laughs> well, August rolls around. He goes, you, you want to do something for the Little League World Series? And you're absolutely right. I want to do something with the Little That's League That's where World you've got a bad influence, buddy. Yeah, well, I won't blame <laughs> That's him. That's where he takes it to the next level. I won't blame him. He, yeah, he is my, uh, my, my kindred gambling spirit. But, yeah, we do pools on things that are on TV that you otherwise wouldn't. We do one on the College World Series. We do one on the NCAA lacrosse tournament. We are lacrosse fans, so well, you're you're a lacrosse yeah. guy, though. In fairness, so but that gives that me doesn't a reason me. to watch every single game because I will have a stake or someone else. Could Your lose. wife's the same. Now, let me ask you a question about these preseason games. Uh, are there prop bets available for preseason games? I'm sure. I mean, I, I uh, there has to be. Okay. Um, I can find out right now if. Uh, that's why I asked. You give me a second. Of course, I, I yeah. So you because knew he'd know. because on the purple podcast, Courtney Cronin and I, we were trying to make a prediction. Like instead of we usually predict like who's going to win, at, you know, at the end of the podcast before they play someone in the regular season, it's like okay, so who do you think will win? Well, I think that this team's going to you know whatever. But for the preseason, there's no point in that because it doesn't matter who wins. Right. So I said props oh, are good. I said, okay, well, you need to try to predict something goofy or weird that will happen. And my prediction, as I mentioned to Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus earlier today, is that there will be a fumble that goes out of the back of the end zone for a touchback. Ooh, I don't know if you could find. <laughs> well, now here's the thing. To which Sam said, "That's the worst play possible in football, and I yes. can't watch it." Yes. Once we have sports books everywhere in this country. Yeah. Um, I know that in England, yep. where there's a bookie on every corner, you can request oh, really? a number. Okay. And sometimes they'll refuse it. And some, now, 
they're not going to give you a great number. I mean, yeah. the odds of that actually happening, let's say, are, very low. Let's say are 100 to 1. They will probably offer you 60 to 1. Yeah. Knowing that to bet against it, to say no, you'd have to right. bet a, a million yeah. dollars to it win. It would be this. stunning if it happened. But because the game but against. They give you a line on it. Because the game against the Jaguars was so bad. And so we had a doinked field goal. We had like five fumbles. I mean, it was just we had the cart come out four times. Ooh, number of carts could be a prop bet. Oh, that bet. could easily be a prop yeah. bet. We had the cart come out the four times in a game. The cart could easily be a Super Bowl prop bet for sure. I've never seen that. Here are some of the props available through one particular sports book. Here we go. Uh, obviously, you have line, score, over, under. Yeah. Team to score first. This is Carolina, New England. I just grabbed a game. All right. Team okay. to score first. Um, okay. That one's not super interesting to Even me. Even money either way. First scoring play. You can bet touchdown, field goal, or safety. Right. Oh, so not safety. Last night they had a safety. Mm-hmm. Preseason five is, nothing. Yeah, preseason is like breed safeties. Mm-hmm. Now here are the ones that you'll see a lot in the preseason. Uh, they'll do because they know people are sitting at home with their apps open or yeah. their laptops open. The first one you can get is: Will there be a score in the first seven minutes and thirty seconds of the first quarter? Seven thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Now once the game gets going. You'll be able to. There'll be another one. Oh Will sure, be yeah, a score sure. Before oh, they update ten minutes. Oh, they yeah, keep it going. Well, they okay. know you're banging away they here. They keep it going. Yeah, that's right. great. And, and there's actually people doing this. If there wasn't, they wouldn't put the line. So down. they're sitting there watching preseason football at home, family on hold. <laughs> be quiet, kids. <laughs> Honey, can you keep it down? I'm betting this preseason game. Not only betting this preseason game, but betting whether someone will score in the first seven minutes or thirty seconds. So let, let's. Uh, Let's go through these with the Vikings game tonight. Let me see if I can find So, them. who scores first? Yeah, let me get you the lines while we're at it. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Oh, I bet Vikings do. They're going to be anxious to prove that the uh, Jacksonville game was a fluke a little bit. But what They're if they, at home. What if they defer? They're at home. Well, they'll still stop them. Okay. I think they'll stop them because <laughs> their first-team defense will play. Yeah. And in fact, the first-team defense might play yes. most first half. And I, I think the Vikings, Vikings. the Vikings' first-team offense will be really dialed in to try and score because of how bad they looked against the Jaguars. Vikings slightly favored to be the first team to score. Oh, All right. Okay. Right there. Uh, and if you, there it is. <laughs> yes. If you care, uh, and you shouldn't, y- yes. they are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay. Uh, the money line, Hopefully, for those yeah. of you who know what that is, they are minus 190. The Seahawks are plus 165. And the over I never understand how that works. What does that mean? Money line? Yeah. No points. Just win. And oh, I don't okay. Like, oh, okay. And that's I see. when I do bet on games, that's all I'll bet. And so, okay. I don't I do point spreads because teams don't care about points. Well, yeah. most yeah, yeah, teams yeah, yeah, don't yeah. care. So go, go back through that then. So the Vikings okay. are minus what? 190. Okay. So you have to bet 190 to win 100. 100, okay. That's okay. So they're gotcha. almost 2 to 1 favorites. Yeah. All right. Uh, Seattle is plus 165. So it reverses. That means you would bet 100 to, to win, win 100. 165. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, that's the only way I'll us- usually bet sports cuz point spreads, the point spreads 3 and a half. Yep. If, it, if, yeah. if Mike Zimmer's up 3 with 6 minutes left at the 50, right. he doesn't care. Right. Yep. Uh, and the over under, which is uh, is is 39 and a half. Under under Thirty-nine and a half here. I don't think this is a from high scoring saw, game. From what we saw in Game One, Denver, it was. But then you've got yeah. I'd say I'd say given what we've seen last Saturday and Seattle, I well they'll play the first it's five it's under five, it's under five, it's five and a half touchdowns. Vikings defense under, under uh, because and Seattle defense is still yeah serviceable. And those defenses are going to play a half. I say under under. And I'm with Calvin. That conversation we just had is why I said earlier that's the bet to make if you want to make a recreational bet. On right, it. right. It's fun. It's you don't care. You can just watch the game, even if you're a Viking fan. Once the third stringers are in, you're, yeah. I get it. You're yeah, watching yeah, yeah. for, but you, 
if they score or don't does not matter. If right, I start, right. if I started to bet preseason football, though, I'd become very concerned about myself. I think that might be where I became actually worried about myself. See, I think I think this is great because I'm not actually betting on it, but I love talking about it. And I, I'm I'm somewhere between the two. I'll play, but I'm not. Someone that gets up every morning and goes, what are my plays today? I, right. I, yeah, I don't like to lose ever in anything. Like, I get, I am such a bad loser that, and just competitive that I know if you and I bet on something and I lose to you that I'll be angry. If it's, I mean, we have little milkshake bets that we make or whatever. But, but a substantive bet. But, but if it was 100 bucks, yeah. if I lost 100 bucks betting on a preseason game, I no way could wake up and look at myself in the mirror. One more for you here. Yep. Uh, this is the fun one. Everybody hears about the Super Bowl bet. Every year you can bet on the coin toss. That's always. Oh, you can bet on the preseason coin toss? No, but you can bet whether the total <laughs> score will be odd or even points. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, 50-50. Also 50. fun. So Actually, until the end of the 50, game. 50 odds is probably better than it's most not, of the odds. But that you have. strangely, it's not 50 50. What? Odd is minus 145. What? Even. Oh, so there's different. Okay. Even is plus 110. Right. Does it even happen more often? Well, I guess four, 14, 28. Yeah. There must be some permutations yeah. of it all. Must yeah. But just, I mean, uh, what? One, no, it makes sense if it's yeah. It's odd a, it's a, is much more likely. So is that the one? Well, odd so, is more likely. Yes. So Chris Long, if you okay. if you were to play some type of wager on tonight's game, would that be the one then? No, I do over under. Okay, over under because odd even is two. That's fascinating. That doesn't matter. I just can't. I can't minutes. bet. I'm terrible. Over under gives you something to watch the whole game. Odd even, you only care the yeah, last only four the end. minutes, right? Oh, don't. But if you're getting right. home, this extra point. Right. If you're getting home late, is there anything else? Is that all of them? Nah, there's a couple. I score first. Yeah, I, I, that's not. Yeah. I like. I like the. Um, so we had. I had a debate with another reporter about whether, like, how many kicks would hit field goal posts through a season. Like, uh-huh. if you were trying to set a line for how many doinked field goals there would be in a regular season for your, in games that you were covering, yep. so the 16 games you were covering, how many would it be? Like three and a half? Like, are there, are there four doinks? And part of it depends on who your kicker is, well, because no. we've seen kickers who are more, I mean, if no, Kai Forbath is mean, still here, like, no, it drives it higher. But even a scrape, if you make it and it scrapes, that's a doink. Yeah, I'd say, so both teams you're saying? Yeah. Uh, I'd say. 16 games. I'd say I'd start the number at around five because scrapes are going to happen. Yeah, you think there's going to be a lot of them then? Scrapes are going to happen, and, <laughs> and, and plus it goes up. It goes up because of where the uh, PAT is from now. Oh, that's a good point. More yeah. likely yeah, to have that's those. That's a really good point. That yeah. would be hard to get that line because a scrape would be hard to – football will not declare. It's not an official stat. Right, yeah, yeah, So yeah. from a Vegas standpoint, it would be hard to declare. It could, it could become one if you started gambling on true. it. true. Well, and that's why you have to – like if it's with your buddies, you have to have an independent arbiter. Yes. Like if you yeah, so you could, yeah. so I had a debate. I've been that guy a lot because of Yeah. 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 I had a uh, debate over Bucky Hodges in last year's training camp with another reporter and it was is he going to make the team? And I said no, he's bad and he is not going to make the team. Uh-huh. And the other reporter said no, 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 he's going to make the team. He's 6 foot 7, he runs 90 miles an hour. They're going to they're going to keep him just as a project. Like no, no, no. So it gets to the end. They make their cuts. Bucky Hodges is still on the team. Technically, he wins that bet. The next day, they cut him for another guy. He's still he's still on the bet. And so I was like, but I but I won. He's not on the team. He's not going to play in the regular season. So it had to go to arbitration. I lost. Yeah. If you make the fifty three, you make the fifty three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it matters. Injury cut. Yep. I know. Cool. Yeah, if I you know. Survive, if I, you if at the end of that if at three o'clock on the Saturday of cutdowns you're on the fifty three yeah, you're on, you're on the fifty three. So every bet has to be binary. 
It has to be if Very good or. point. Yeah, right, yeah. And and the result is fine. I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from. But in order to keep the preseason fresh and fun, you have to, whether it's just little bets with your buddies sure. or something, if you're not us and you're not going, man, this is a big night for Rock Thomas. Yep. Next, like Next if, year, <laughs> you know, fantasy preseason. Fantasy preseason is a great <laughs> idea. All right. With that... Let's take a break. Uh, don't forget, 11.30, Chris Singleton coming up. It is Zolgad. It is Chris Long. It is Collar. We are at the Rainy State Fair. All right, Mackie and Judd is the uh, show. Set the lineup right now. It's Zolgad, Matthew Collar, Chris Long, Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Chris Singleton, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball analyst, is right around the corner. Uh, Derek Falvey, CBO of the Twins, supposed to join us in the noon hour. If he doesn't get hit by lightning. I want, well, it's starting to let up now. The rain is subsiding. I think we're done. I think uh, we're out of the woods. I am still incredibly, I don't know if uh, I'm in awe, impressed, or befuddled by the amount of people who just continue to walk around yeah. through what was a torrential rainstorm. I Tro- noticed troopers walking in, because I walked in, like I said, right when this was peaking. I mean, I think there are just people who, months ago, Friday, August. This is their day? Whatever. Yeah. Is the day we're going to drive in and we're going to go to the fair. And that's just how it's going to be. And God bless them. <laughs> I love it's, it. Um, it makes us Minnesotans. It's, it's the lightning that causes pause for me. You wouldn't want to be in a field, but you're okay. You're okay here. I have great are respect. You? I, yeah. How do you I know mean, so you much sh- about lightning? Think, are you sure about again, that? Again, I lived in Indiana and went to school in Missouri. I, I know have great respect lightning. for lightning. And you should, and so do I. I. You wouldn't want to be, you know, maybe up on Machinery Hill uh, holding your umbrella. Maybe up no, there. No, no, I wouldn't want to be up there. No, you're right. Uh, Chris Long, give me your thoughts on this. Um, the Vikings, a, a couple of days ago, pleasantly surprised, I think, by so- signing George Iloka, the uh, safety who had been released by the Bengals, and assigning him number 28. Uh, Collar and I talked about this in hour I, one. I, I heard this while okay. I was about today. Your thoughts here, because, because Matthew said that he's not a fan of retiring numbers at all. Uh, my starting point for this conversation from a Viking standpoint is if you're not going to mothball 84, then you don't do it for 28. I agree with that 100%. And it took, I'm not one who likes to, when someone, when person A and person B are having a Twitter at conversation, I am not someone that jumps in. And I sometimes, unless there's a little humor to drop in, I, I see some people that like doing that and it drives me. It's a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. All I could do to not get in your one last night about the wild and their retired numbers, I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do oh, it. Oh, you should have. That's all I could do. Uh, I wish you had. We can do that later. Okay. I, I agree with you. I, I think you guys kind of nailed it. I mean, Randy Moss is in a conversation for greatest receiver ever. Adrian Peterson is in the conversation for greatest running back of the last decade. Um, I don't think he's top 10 all time. I mean, that's a whole I'm segment, not sure probably. I'm not sure he's top 10 of his era. Yeah. I mean, he has the one year where he is outrageously good. Right. And he has several other seasons that are that are well above average. But in terms of an all-around impact to his team, I don't think that it's anywhere close to someone like Marshall Falk who could catch 100 passes. And let's face it, part of retiring numbers is that person becomes a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for here? They sort of get, they get woven even tighter into the fabric of a team. Yeah. And with things that happened with Adrian Peterson, that's a point against him. Fair or not, it's a point against him. Yeah. And you're a little less like, you got to be a little better. Look at the Baseball Hall of Fame. You know, how many guys should be in there that aren't right now because of things yes. that are outside of what they did in the field? Yep. So, I, yeah, I think if you're starting the, the – the, if you're handing out numbers for 
you know, like at the deli to, to get served to get, in, to get a number of times the Vikings, Randy Moss is one. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got to be one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think the Ring of Honor is cool. I think there's no limit to how many people can go in. And Peterson's yep. uh, slam dunk for it's that. It's obviously very meaningful to these players. We've seen how much it means. It's like Chris Carter meant a lot to him, and he's a guy that sometimes you yeah. don't know what the you know going on in his head in terms of esteem and, and how people are viewing him. Uh, it means a lot to those guys. Again, that is their way of ingraining someone into the fabric of the team. And I don't know that you – a retired number is – look at the Yankees. Am I wrong? They don't have any single digits left? That's correct. Once they retire Jeter's yes. number, yeah. they yes. have no single and digits. They don't have any. Yes, you're right. So to your point from earlier, there's going to be a point, if sports last another 60, 70, 80 years – you're going to run out of numbers. You're going to have to go. That's what Matthew said. Letters. Right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that for certain positions, you can only wear certain numbers, right? right? And, right. and so they've had to open up, you know, the the teens to wide receivers. So you have 14 Stephon Diggs, 19 Adam Thielen already because Chris Carter's number is retired. So if you even retire one, it sort of starts to get a little tricky, with, especially in training camp with the number of players. They have every single number filled right now, and two guys are wearing 66. So There's it's, a couple in the 20s, I think, it's, too. It's, it's all, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. The, but two, I know for sure two guys wearing 66. Which so drives you crazy. It's already kind of ridiculous, and I'm not saying that you know I can't deal with two practice squad guys wearing number 66. It's just that if you retire 84 and then you start to retire some other numbers, if – you know, whatever, uh, you know, another guy comes along, Stephon Diggs, then you got, but you know, here's you retire my him, and then you're sort of running out of these numbers. That's not the main reason that I'm against it. The main reason I'm against it is that football doesn't really lend itself the same way to baseball and basketball. It's sort of like a next man kind of thing, and you follow the history through some of these numbers, and it's great, and I want it to carry on. Like, if Chad Beebe somehow becomes a great NFL See, player, I don't like this. then it, I think that I it'll be like cool. This. I think that it'll be like 84 belonged to Moss, and then this, like, the exact opposite of yeah. Moss, this little white guy who was undrafted also wore 84 and yeah. made it great. I think that that's cool. The modern-day number retire is a statue. It is. That's not. It the, used to be. If your number retired, you were a Mount Rushmore okay. player for a team. But to me, but to me, if we're talking about, especially in the National Football League, retired jersey numbers, to me, it's fairly simple. It's guys who changed the game. So not just greats of your team. Tarkington, first scrambling quarterback, yeah. number ten. Allen Page was MVP of the National Football League yeah. as an inside defensive lineman in 1969. He changed the game. He changed that position. Randy Moss changed the game. Adrian didn't change the game. Adrian came along and was and was one of Very if not good. the great. He was the greatest Viking running back. He and Foreman probably and uh, Smith of, of all time, but that doesn't get twenty eight in the rafters to me. It's did you change the game? And in three of those cases, I think the answer is yes, and only one's not retired. Let me give you a good example of where it gets away. The University of Missouri, my alma mater, has a rule: if you win a national award, you get your number retired. And that started in like the forties when there were only six national awards. You know, best this, right. best this, yeah. best this, yeah. best yep. at all, whatever. There's a guy that was there, and I can't, I can't remember his name. He was a big fullback uh, who was okay. He was not all conference, I don't believe, but he was a special teams freak. Uh, one national special teams player of the year. Hmm. You go to Missouri, and it's the seven greatest players the school's ever had of the numbers retired, and this guy. <laughs> and you look at it, and you go, what? That's a stupid rule. Agreed. Yeah, incredibly. Yeah, they should have pulled it sometime yeah. in the 80s and 90s when they were terrible and said, maybe we should raise that bar here. 
So yeah, it's you know, these amazing players. Kellen Winslow and 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 Phil Bradley, who's a great college player, and then this dude, Phil Bradley. All right, let's take a break. Uh, talk some baseball next. Chris Singleton joins the conversation. Mackie and Judd Zolgad, collar long right now. Mackie and Judd are talking twins now with former player turned ESPN baseball analyst Chris Singleton. All right, Chris joins the conversation now. We are out, of course, at the Minnesota State Fair where the rain is finally uh, subsiding. Mackie and Judd today is Zolgad, Matthew Collar, and uh, Chris Long. Don't forget, in the noon hour, Derek Falvey, CBO of the Twins, is scheduled to join us. And, uh, Chris, as always, welcome to the conversation. I want to start you off with, with a team that, that was never terrible this year, but I think we thought they were pretty much dead. That's the St. Louis Cardinals. They fired their manager, Mike Matheny, with a 47-46 and 46 record. And we all said, all right, they're going to move on and probably retool and, uh, and regroup for 2019. Since they fired Matheny, they've gone 24-11. and 11. Are you surprised by, by the immediate and effective turnaround uh, of that club since Mike Matheny was shown the door, Chris? Yes, I am extremely uh, surprised in seeing how successful they've been, especially with you know some of the moves that they've made, and, and particularly Tommy Pham, who they traded to the Rays that had you know prior to this season for the last year and a half have been under the radar, one of the best hitters in terms of offensive production, you know, in baseball. So you saw some of those things, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to build for 2019, but. Uh, you know, the the new voice, if you will. I know it's that cliche term, hey, we need a new voice. Yep. But Mike Schilt, with not a whole lot of voice in terms of being a, a very, you know, uh, big personality guy, I mean, he's really come in and he's, he's communicated uh, extremely well. Uh, players know what to expect. Um, I'm, I'm told he's doing a great job with his bench players as well so that, you know, putting them in positions to succeed. He's handling a bullpen. Uh, a whole lot better, and whether it's, you know, coincidence or not, I mean, you look at every category. I mean, they're, you know, five runs per game since the change. They were at, you know, 4.4 about. You know, the ERA has dropped down 0.6 points. Um, the bullpen's a lot better. And, and on top of it all, I mean, Matt Carpenter, right? I mean, he's moved himself strongly into the conversation of National League MVP. Great story. I mean, but over that span, Carpenter's hit 16 home runs. So, yeah, they got some uh, really neat things going. It's, it's kind of funny because it reminds me just a little tad bit of last year when the Minnesota Twins, you know, made some trades, Brandon Kinsler being one of them, right? You trade away, and yep. here you are in the playoffs. <laughs> it's like, hey, we were kind of, you know, re- retooling for the next year, right? And all of a sudden you find yourself in a wild card game. Hey, Chris, uh, when it comes to a manager, what was your favorite thing that a manager would do to get the most out of a team? What What did you pick up on that – the best managers you ever had all did. I think I think a good manager is one that can help. And this even goes kind of rolls dominoes to coaching staff. When you have guys that get to the big leagues, they obviously have had to be the best pretty much everywhere that they've played. And there is a sense of uh, control, um, you know, being sort of control freaks, being guys that, that need to to be in the driver's seat, especially as it, you know, relates to their career. So when you have a manager or even a coach that has the ability to sort of be, you know, a psychologist in terms of asking you questions at times, 
to spur your thinking as to, you know, a situation in the game. Hey, what did you think about that situation there when you were at second base and that ball was hit and, you know, factor in the score, factor in, you know, know, getting an idea, first of all, what is the guy thinking in his head before you just, like, hammer him or slam him? Yep. Get an idea, and then from there, ask questions that will help him come to sort of that aha moment. Now, you can't do that in every situation or circumstance, but I think a healthy balance of those things along with the times of, hey, being very direct in what needs to be done. But never one way all the time, I think having that versatility and then also having the versatility as well to have an interest per se in that player beyond just what they're doing between the lines in terms of, um, you know, what makes them tick, what motivates them, and then gathering that intel and then being able to repackage that in a teachable moment, you know. So I don't right. know how you would use it, but let's say you got a guy that's into Fortnite big time and you knew a little bit enough about Fortnite in the commitment or whatever, and somehow you were able to spin that in. I think it just makes it a little more relevant. Now, that's not the recipe for everybody. You can look at Tony LaRusso as we talked about the Cardinals, and that's the last thing Tony LaRusso is doing. But he was very <laughs> successful, and he's a Hall of Famer. So, you know, it's going to vary. But I'd say for me, those were things that I really appreciated as a player. Hey, Chris, this is Chris Long. I'm filling in here with these guys today. Good to talk with you. As, as the Twins have sort of fallen off the radar at the back end of the standings, I got real fascinated with what was going on at the top. And I, as of what, about two weeks ago, I was still wondering if Boston could set the wins record. Looks like that's probably not going to happen. But how do they set up for the playoffs? I mean, we've seen teams in the past that have these 108, 9, 10 win regular seasons and then get to the playoffs and all of a sudden just get punched in the face how does this year's Red Sox team set up looking at the postseason that sounded like a great question it just really was breaking up so I I really couldn't even put it together I'll, I don't I'll know re- what, what you got me now can like you hear that. me now how about now seem to be good on my end all right it was a great question so great that I'll <laughs> repeat it basically what I was asking is we've seen teams that have you know gotten to the 110 ish win plateau like the Red Sox are almost certain to do this year and then all of a sudden flame out in the playoffs. How does this year's Red Sox team that look like they might flirt with the all-time wins record, uh, how do they set up looking ahead to the postseason? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the biggest factor is Chris Sale. And, you know, what is his health? He's on the disabled list right now, second time this season, you know, with some shoulder fatigue. And, you know, that, that's critical. That is very critical um, for the Red Sox success in the postseason and potential dominance in the postseason based on what they're doing in the regular season. I mean, they're on pace right now for, you know, over 105 wins. It's going to set the franchise record for wins if they play 500 the rest of the way. So, yeah, they're going to be the best, you know, regular season team. But, you know, short series especially, um, you know, they could perhaps make it through a short series if Chris Sale pitches just once. Um, I think they're good enough in that way, but I think you stretch it out. And if Chris Sale's not really available, then I, I think that will be uh, the downfall of the Red Sox. But, you know, of all the teams I've covered and, and done this year and seen up close, it's hard to really argue. Yeah, from a distance, you can see they win every day, they play well. But when you see up close that they're, they're so balanced and they don't really have holes, um, yeah, you, you're, the expectation is really high there. So 
Um, yeah, that's the, I, I say keep an eye on on the Chris Sale situation, and that could be it's hard. You know, sometimes it's hard to say one player could be that difference, mm-hmm. but in this situation, in this instance, I say yes, Chris Sale can be that difference between you know first round and out, or you know winning the World Series. So, Chris, uh, Twins are playing the A's in, in a four-game series that started last night uh, and goes through Sunday here. I've got a question for you about a guy who hit a home run last night, Chris Davis. The last three seasons, he is at, in 2016, his first year with the A's after being with the Brewers, he hit 42 home runs. He hit 43 last year, and he's about to hit his 40th this year. He's 5'10", 195. He does not look like a human being who would, uh, who would be generating the type of power he does. From having seen him play, how does a guy who is, I wouldn't call him small, but he's certainly not a big stature guy, generate that much power that consistently in your mind? Well, you know, there are things that, you know, sort of those non-evident in terms to, you know, your your eyes and what you can see as it relates to, you know, core strength. Um, things, there can even be slight defects that high-performing athletes are born with that create, you know, hypermobility in terms of range and things like that that uh, allow them to throw the ball harder or to to generate more bat speed that you're you're never going to see to the eye those are things that you know whether it's you know mris or special you know physical testing that i've seen done before and, and you've actually seen what looks like a genetic flaw you know and i'm i'm not examining these things i'm having it you know a specialist kind of explain to me and you're seeing wow that's a genetic flaw but it actually works to their advantage based on um the function that they're performing and the activity so you know, you can look at guys. I mean, I think of Alfonso Soriano, who was like a fungo, built like a fungo. But he had such great tensile strength, so strong, such strong wrists and hands, that, man, the guy would flick the ball out of the ballpark. So, you know, now, I mean, whether you look at Jose Altuve, hits home runs. And before, when we just kind of designated that to big, strong guys are the ones that hit the home runs, or at least the ones that appear strong, uh, Based on launch angle that we're seeing now, guys getting the ball in the air, along with some of those uh, hidden, you know, physical strengths, if you will, I, I'm not surprised at all. Chris Davis, when I watch his swing, I mean, he's got that path to the ball where he's getting the ball in the air. He's, he's looking to hit home runs, and he's got power to all fields. And impressive that, you know, he's never been an all-star. You know, 22 MVP votes last year. I think he'll get more votes than that this year, especially with the A's, you know, success. But, uh, yeah, really, you know, a great, a, a great find under the radar, and he's not even going to be a free agent until 2020. Hey, Chris, uh, you were a part of uh, an Oakland A's successful run there in the sort of uh, money ball era. Of course, that was a little while ago, but um, what do they still do well that allows them to compete without any money? And everyone took all of their money ball ideas. So the Red Sox and the Yankees, they've got all the analytics people doing the same stuff as the A's, and yet it seems every couple of years they pop up and they are still uh, just as competitive as ever. Yeah, it's really it's difficult sometimes to put your finger on. Um, you know, Billy Bean, sort of that grandfather of it all, you know, giving way to, you know, your Theo Epstein's, if you will, your Jeff Lunau's and, and those guys. But um, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I still got a little something in the tank in terms mm-hmm. of uh, being a, a great executive and, and how they're able to formulate those teams. But, again, remember the money ball, right? doesn't work in the playoffs. 
And so uh, I was part of that, you know, in 2002, uh, being there, game five against the Red Sox. I mean, we should have won that series, no doubt, up two games to nothing, and we end up losing. And I'll, I'm not sitting there and saying, oh, it was because money ball. It's just, hey, we didn't get it done um, after having the 2-0 lead. We had what we needed. Um, and perhaps the A's, I don't know, sometimes it's luck just getting out of that first round uh, or, or whatever it find that this year if they find their way into the playoffs there's still a a good amount of baseball left in the division you know with the houston astros as well as some of the other wild card um you know competitors but yeah it's the one thing about oakland if i was to say that was great about playing there was that that was the most fun i ever had in the big leagues in terms of being on a big league team coming to work every day where you really felt like kind of a little league kid that was going out and playing you know a professional game and competing in a level where you're getting paid really good money to do this, but you felt like you were a kid. And you, the A's are unique in that way. And I think you ask a lot of players that have been there, players that have left. I think if you ask Sonny Gray right now, who's wearing the pinstripes in New York, yep. where he'd rather be um, in terms of you know team and camaraderie, I got to believe that he'd stay back in Oakland because it's a fun place, you're competitive, and you got a chance to win. Um, but they do something that's, that's intangible, I think, and it's just sort of that Oakland way. they got the bad stadium. they got all these other things, but, man, there's a culture there that it, it's, it can be a fun place to play, especially when you're winning games. Last thing, Chris, uh, give me your best guess about one or two uh, big names that you think still get moved before postseason rosters have to be uh, set on September 1st. Well, you know, the big talk is Matt Harvey. Where does he go? Uh, I think Matt Harvey – needs to stay in the National League. I think mm-hmm. if he goes to the American League, um, it, it wouldn't work well for him and for that team just with you know, the deeper lineups, tougher lineups. Uh, I could see him going to Atlanta. I, I think especially Atlanta, you know, a couple game lead in that division, get some younger pitchers in the starting rotation who may, may run out of gas in September, bolster it with a guy like Matt Harvey. It's not a big market, so you don't have to worry about you know, too much spotlight for him. Um, the other two guys, Adam Jones, Andrew McCutcheon, um, I think the Cleveland Indians are desperate uh, because of health in the outfield. I mean, you've got Leonis Martin out for the rest of the year. You've lost Zimmer. You've lost Naquin. Chisholm's out. So they've got Melky Cabrera playing right field. I think that they could really use an Andrew McCutcheon or an Adam Jones. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. As always, talk to you next Friday. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Take care. Chris. Singleton, who does a great job calling uh, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN Radio. You can uh, catch the game on uh, 1500 ESPN this week. Singleton joins us on uh, Fridays. Still to come, we got questions. We've got uh, twin CBO Derek Falvey, who is making the rounds out here at the State Fair as well. Zolgad, Collar, and Long, and we're back after this. This portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, also a proud sponsor of The Beer Show. Thank you, James Murphy. James back in studio producing uh, Mackie and Judd today. Phil off today's show. He'll be back, uh, I believe, joining me at 11 o'clock on Monday. Uh, so the show is Zolgad, Matthew Collar, and Chris Long of Channel 5 Eyewitness News fame. We have uh, talked all types of things, including degenerate gambling. I didn't realize, Long, all right? Now, I, th- I thought you gambled more, but you're basically telling me that, you're, that, that your excuse now is you're more intrigued by it, but you actually don't do it, despite the fact that you spend hours setting odds for the Mr. Yeah. Mankato competition. Yeah, where are you at with that? How do you feel right now about Mr. Mankato? Wide open. You think so? My, I guy, think I think my can, guy Rock Thomas is... I think we can write a lot of people off more than we can yeah. circle people as, as definites. I think tonight's going to be pretty big. I think um, I think we've eliminated more than we have 
surge forward. Uh, the better way I can compare it is basically I'm like fascinated. You've seen me. The worst thing for me about the new TCO Performance Center Performance Center is a uh, performance. A performance. You forgot that. A lot of performance is the airplanes because I'm a plane dork. So I'll be sitting there watching, like, oh wow, they're running a lot of. This is like a dime. <laughs> is that a 777? Like I. Can't. So this is ADD just no, gone I'm wild. No, I'm not ADD. I'm just such a dork and a geek about aviation. But I don't fly that Who knew? much. No Did you know this? No. We, we don't travel like we used to in the TV yeah. business, partly because technology we don't have to. But I'm fascinated by travel. Like if you like, so you're watching planes instead of practice. I do things like we're college travel that he would do with with football. Like I will say, football. If I needed to get to Kathmandu by noon tomorrow, I'll get on Google Flights and say, eh, How would I? Oh, I could do this and that. Where is Kathmandu? Uh, oh, great question. Nope. Oh, Kathmandu. Is it in Nepal? It's in Nepal. I don't know. Don't you fly into there no to get to Mount Stephen Everest? About it. I think you fly into there to get to Mount Everest. Uh, I'll okay. do things like that. So do you like so I'm like a stare travel? at all the planes that go over the TCO Performance Center? Is that what you're telling us? I have us? an app on my phone that you, I can't oh. believe you haven't seen me using. No, I didn't know you were this big. I had no idea. I point at the sky, and it will tell me what the plane is, where it's going, how high it is. Wow. That's creepy. Are you serious? Yeah, sure. This is awesome That's radio. Like, so I need to, like, make it a little bit longer. So you can. There we go. Oh. There. So there's apps on phones to tell you that much pretty much instantaneously? Yeah, look. So I hold the app up to the Oh, air. my gosh. Yeah, okay, there, there's a flight going from Minneapolis to Hibbing. Okay, that's freaking me out. Here's one going to Hawaii, so I push the button for the one going to Hawaii. That one's Hawaii. going to Kathmandu. See, and it shows okay, you, that's really weird, shows you where it's uh, going. That, that is, that's I thought Collar's obsession with weird. football was a little right. bit weird, but oh, now no. it's completely justified yeah. by what you just showed that's us. That's so super weird. if I had the wherewithal to get on these planes and go wherever I want and travel and make these weird decisions, I would, but I don't. Same thing with gambling. I don't have enough money to throw money away on, I think, I know who's going to win this game. Sure. Um... But I'll dabble in it, and I will fly places occasionally. So it's the same kind of thing. I, I'm more interested in it than I'm interested in participating in it. But I'll still, you know, for example, the famous one earlier this year was I, I just was looking at the Masters odds and went, kind of like Patrick Reed. And I looked and went, 55 to 1. Like, okay. And nailed it. Um, not claiming that after the fact. I have witnesses. Okay. I just I, I, saw it, I saw it and went, I, I, li- I like, I think this guy's game is, I think he's got a shot. Boom. Um, I would be like, I'll go to Canterbury and I try and look at the forms and stuff. I'm a terrible. I'd I love to think I can't I, read I, the forms. I, I like to think I know what I'm doing down there, but I might as well. I just can't read them. Go, I, I could walk up the it's window. like watching the game tape. I, I can't go, read it. It is. You have to know what you're doing. It is, yeah. For. No, it really the is. Racing form, you know, yeah. The racing form. The racing form to me is totally do, form. I used to have to do like these things at a an equivalent of Canterbury where I would have to go out and live broadcast. I know nothing about horse racing, so I would bring a guy on to explain how to read the whole thing. But, and it was, like, mind-blowing. It, it's, He's like, oh, well, this one's really good when it's wet on a Tuesday. I'm like, okay. Well, you can I, find it. loves Tuesday. But I'm not good enough at it where I could just walk up to the window and say, I'd like $5 at number four to win in every race tonight, please. And I probably would have the same chance at winning. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it, it's, I, I, I'm not that deep into the actual execution of gambling. And, the and the analytics and odds are the reason that I don't because it's it, – you just are, you're not going to win money in the long term unless right. you put a stupendous amount of work into it. But I think that all of the other elements of it are fascinating, and I also think that people should be able to do it legally, which we're kind of working that way. Oh, we're way. gonna that's that's gonna be and here. We are eventually we going to get there. Now, I think now th- th- this discovery that you are obsessed with planes and travel is interesting, big time. 
Like, do you bad. have do you have anything like this, Judd? Do you have anything in your life that is like not sports, not obvious that we would not know about that you really love that you don't mind admitting on a radio station? Oh, I don't care because <laughs> we know you love like dogs. I'm an open book. Um, do you love dogs or your dog? I have one dog. But, but you, do you like love dogs? dogs or do you love your dog? Uh, because there's a difference. My dog, because I, I don't love... I, oh, you don't love all dogs. See, that's what I get. Well, I like them, but I'm not... I wouldn't consider myself a dog person. I grew, oh, up, okay. I grew up with cats, and then the wife got a dog, and I love the dog. I mean, I, I enjoy dogs, but would I want more than one dog, and do I, like, put myself in dog parks and say, this right. is great, they're all good? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Um, see, I like all dogs. Law, uh, law and order fixation, which most people... Know about? Sure, know. I can watch that around the clock. Franchises or yeah, sure, TV shows. Uh, pop culture, music. I don't think I am trying to think. I don't think there's any one really like thing that's not out there about me though. I'm pretty much an open book. I can't think of any one thing that I could tell you. Like and and the plane thing makes sense. I just didn't know about it. Oh, yeah. Like I get that totally. Um, but I don't think there's one thing. I don't think there's anything that hasn't been brought up on the show that I could reveal right now and you and you would say. Well, I didn't know that about you. I don't know if there's anything that I could surprise you with, Judd, because you know this about me, but I know a lot about 1990s hip-hop. Like, okay. Way, but you're a big music guy. Oh, you need you're, to come hang out but with... But specifically that, though. Yeah. Like, you need I to know come hang out with a ton about it. Our producer back at the TV, James, and you could have a seven-hour conversation. Oh, really? Oh, well, this, this sparked a, okay. a conversation between myself and Terrence Newman one day because Newman is the only one who is old enough to be... Sure. Obsessed with like Tupac, who died in '96. So like all oh, these kids, no one else was born. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So all all of these players now, what they listen to is like you kind of right. Terrible. I mean, it's not it's not the same. Every old person thinks that younger music is terrible, Always. and then yeah. those people will still be listening to their music, and they'll think everyone else is terrible, and that's how it goes just with life. But as as far as like who I can talk to about this stuff, there's only a limited number of people. And I and one day before a game, Terrence Newman was the guy to pick like the pregame music. Yep. And so he picked the Tupac songs. So yep. we started talking about Tupac and Snoop Dogg and Warren G and all that. And he was just like, "So what do you like, the Gangster Reporter?" And I'm like, "No, I mean, it just What'd you know, like? just, you're a music guy though. Yeah, that's just, just like the music, man." All right, let's uh, take a break from the State Fair. Uh, come back with Twin CBO Derek Falvey up here on the stage. Mackie and Judd today, right now at least, Zolgad, Collar, and Chris Long. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash bestmusic to get Live One Plus now. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.